5: Welcome to the Wednesday Axon Bulletin. I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by my co-host, Amy Caravan. Amy, how are you doing on this fine St Patrick's Day?
6: Happy St Patrick's Day, Colin. I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah, not
5: too bad. You can see we both wore green for the occasion. I,
6: know, that's um, what I was <laughs> searching out. I was like, I don't know how many green tops I've got left. I'm sort of running out. <laughs> uh,
5: but yeah, it's a it's a lovely day here. Um, yeah, it please. is. Uh, I don't know it's a it's been an interesting 24 hours. Um, in terms of developments on the new manager at Celtic Football Club We're going to be discussing the interview with Jesse Marsh And also the comments made by Steve Clark, Which maybe went under the radar We're also going to be discussing the potential of Colt teams Including Celtic and Rangers Being involved in the lower leagues of Scottish football as of next season Amy, um, obviously you've got that connection there uh, with Bonnie Rig Rose, it looks as if they would be avoiding going down to the Lowland League and coming right in at League Two. I know you'll have a lot to say on that.
6: Ah, it could be an interesting one that one. Eh? <laughs>
5: uh, we're also going to, as it is St Patrick's Day, take a look at some of the best Irish players to have played for Celtic. Um, an interesting one. I don't know if you knew this, Amy. Pat Bonner made his debut on St Patrick's Day for Celtic. I
6: did. I saw that earlier. I saw that earlier today. That quite, um, that's quite. That's how we start for you. I've done well then
5: exactly so anyone in the comment section let us know who your favorite celtic player your favorite irish player to have played for celtic was we'll bring some of them up later on um, i also put a tweet out last night which got a bit of attention um, and i'm interested to see some of the comments on this from people that are watching and it's tell me you've been to celtic to to a Celtic game without telling me you've been to a Celtic game this comes off the back of are here posting um, the official announcement that goes over the tannoy from the police Um, a safety message to all spectators it's a sound we've not heard now for well over a year it brings back memories of going to Celtic Park I've seen some people coming in mentioning about being in the queue for the pie stall Um, the the hat scarves and the flags outside the ground um, and even waiting outside the pub whilst our dad went into uh, <laughs> went in for a couple of pints before the game. It's all these things that you you miss about going to the football game, isn't it?
6: Absolutely. I never generally never thought I'd have missed that tannoy announcement, but I um, <laughs> that ringing bell that kills your eardrums. No, I do miss that.
5: Yeah. So in the comment section, tell us, uh, tell me, or tell both of us actually, that you've been to a Celtic game without. Telling us that you've been to a Celtic game, let us know the, the things that just remind you of being at Paradise. Um, and also, I just want to pick up on um discussion that the Monday Club had um, on the idea of Celtic having this connection with Manchester City. Um, and some of the potential outcomes that could come from that. Enzo Maresca is obviously someone that's been linked with a Celtic job. Could there be the connection there with Fergal Harkin and maybe bringing up some of the youth players? Man City had a 7-1 win over Southampton in the league, uh, the under-23 league, the other day. I mean, that would be exciting to bring some of those talents up to Celtic Park, wouldn't it?
6: Yeah, absolutely. It is very interesting. Um, And it was a really... I think it was a discussion that I probably wasn't expecting on Monday. Maybe that's a little bit of arrogance on my part. But... um, when you sort of take that step back and you maybe look at us over the last few years, you look at Patrick Roberts, obviously I think he was at Fulham when we got him, um, or been at Fulham. And then obviously you look at J- Jeremy Frimpong, there are, there are some connections, but I just honestly never really looked into it that much. But like you say, with Enzo Maresca, um, it'd be, it'd be very interesting and one that you would like to, to, to sweep up. It's definitely a club you want to be associated with.
5: Yeah, I would say so. And we're already seeing some of the Tell me you've been to a Celtic game without telling me you've been to a Celtic game, stuff coming through. He has a macaroons sure. and a spearmint chewing gum. I think that's before both our times. I sure. uh, yeah, uh, And Luke Ferguson, uh, the guy in the wheelchair selling the bags of sweets. I think that only works if you're at one side of the stadium, if you're in the North Stand side where the old bus park was. that? Uh, I, yeah. know, I used to think it was a woman um, that was in the wheelchair selling the bags of sweets, but she was there for years and years. Uh, and a, a, staple I going to, <laughs> a staple of going to the Celtic games. But let's start with uh, the main talking point, which has got everyone talking on social media. And it is Jesse Marsh, the Red Bull Salzburg manager, Forty-seven years old, and in his interview yesterday, he said it was an honour to be linked with the Celtic job. What was your first thoughts when you heard that, Amy?
6: I think initially you go, "Wow, that's a name that I can get on board with." Um, unlike yourself, I have been in the Eddie Howe camp all along, and I mean all along. Um, but this is definitely one year that I'd go, "Yep, no, I would take him any day." I think there's a little bit of I I think it's it's probably a little bit hopeful I think when you break it down and I think maybe this morning I've really tried to break it down and I look at what's going on in the rest um, and and especially in German football I think that's probably where we'll lack but right now yes it is exciting and that name can, can kick about I think BBC have sort of it's certainly dangling that carrot they've, they've said that there'll be a lot more to hear today so I don't know if there's been long length interviews but apparently more content's going to come out today so it's definitely going to be one to enjoy to to watch and see where it goes but like I say right now I am um, I, I think there's probably just a little bit too much open it. and there's definitely a comment just came in that that's my memory of Celtic Park I'll see if you can bring it up but there's definitely
5: so, that'd uh, be my one this one here
6: that one (laughs) that's my one (laughs) definitely that's mine's
5: can I watch your motor mister Brian Conway sixty on Periscope and I think it always depends on where you park at Celtic Park sometimes it's two quid sometimes it's a fiver I also think it depends on how nice your motor is as well
6: absolutely Um, hi that's definitely ours Um, just leave that bit to my dad I'm, I'm running off by that point he can pay
4: whatever (laughs)
5: <laughs> so, come back to Jesse Marsh obviously, Red Bull Salzburg manager has got a contract through um, the summer of 2022 um, he also did mention in his comments that he had a job to do at Salzburg but when you take a look at the context of what's actually been said um, the fact that it's an honour uh, to be linked with the Celtic job, he speaks about not only coming in and playing good football, he talks about developing the Youth Academy, looking at the project that's there with um, some of the youth players I mean, it's everything that Celtic's not had over the last sort of two, three years. It's really a name that excites a lot of Celtic fans.
6: Yeah, it is. It's very promising. Um, especially, like so you look you touch on that bit about the development of football and the youth football and bringing up the academies. And to be honest, that's probably where I first got that little strike that that's where he's not coming to us and it'll be a, it'll be a German set-up. Um, I, I just don't see a lot of promise with ours. Uh, it'd be a really big project for him to come into. Um, but as you say, everything he said was right. Of course, he's going to say it's an honour. Um, you're not going to sort of degrade the club. But I know I'm sort of bringing the tone down a little bit. But I've, <laughs> I've really, I've really sort of looked into it this morning, and I've done a lot of thinking that I, I just sort of see him going into that at German vote because oh, the Bundesliga is going to have a big shake up this year, um, especially, and it's, it's all going to spiral from from low leaving Germany, the, the national team job. Um, so there's a lot going on in, in Germany. I know he's in Austria right now, but I can see him going to Germany, I really can.
5: Yeah, I mean, you take a look at it, there's that Red Bull connection right through it. He was the manager of New York Red Bulls in the MLS. Whilst he was there, he won the MLS Coach of the Year in 2015. Um, he then made the move over to Red Bull Leip- uh, Sorry, Red Bull Salzburg um, and worked under uh, another name that's also been discussed for the manager's job, Ralph Raniuk. Um, could that potentially be a dream team at Celtic Park where Ranjik is the director of football and Jesse Marsh is the manager? I know there's been links with him going to Schalke, but as far as we're aware, that's not actually confirmed yet. Um, could Celtic be able to put a span on the works there?
6: Yeah, there is absolutely. There's no um, There's no clarification from Schalke that he's there. It's, it's quite messy. There's a lot going on. Um, it's not as set in stone as... Is maybe some media outlets let let rip last week or the week before, it is a dream team. But don't be under the impression that no other club in Europe would think that that's not a dream team. Um, And there is, And like I say, I keep rattling back, but Germany is looking likely where he'll end up, I I think, especially because of the model that he's building and he's been working under with Salzburg. Um, And I think especially you need to remember, I think a big crucial one is obviously it's Red Bull Salzburg, it's Red Bull Leipzig. Um, and it's going to be a domino effect over in Germany it really is there's going to be big man GDL shifts um, and that's just what I, I see I so.
5: yeah, just want to bring this one up as well from James Riley on Facebook Can I watch your water mister? Uh, we man, we've got an Alsatian in the back nobody needs to watch my motor <laughs> No bother big man but can your dog put out fires? Aye, that, that's the kind of stuff that you remember from from going to the games and that's how you can tell someone you've been to a Celtic game without Absolutely. telling them you've been there uh this one coming in from ag technology videos tell me if you get this one jesse marsh's wife is kim marsh so is this all just hearsay?
6: i get it i get it i do get it (laughs) not that young i do get that
5: (laughs) oh brilliant um but yeah uh back to back to the the main topic jesse marsh now obviously we just mentioned he worked under ralph raniak there for a season um then he's went on, won the Bundesliga, won the Austrian Cup looks as if they're going to be doing that again this season Um, and he's developed some fantastic players at Salzburg as well Um, you take a look at guys like Minamino who has moved on to Liverpool and Haaland as well, obviously Mm. Dortmund that's the kind of thing that we're missing here at Celtic and you see some of the players um, like Barry Hepburn like Liam Morrison moving over to Bayern Munich Ben Hughes going down to uh, Liverpool as well uh, we're going to t- t- talk about this when we look at the Colts teams um, Celtic actually have lost a lot of young talent so for example and we were t- talking about this before we came on air when it comes to the point of McGregor hitting 29-30 even later Forrest soon to be well over the age of 30 in the next couple of years have we really got that flow of young players that can come through or have we lost a complete generation of talent and that's why I think when you look at the next manager coming in. A focus also has to be on the youth development side.
6: Yeah, it does. Um like see, obviously we'll touch upon it when it goes to the the Colts. Um but the biggest thing is losing the reserve league and that and that's where we've struggled and we've never really recovered from that. We've not we've not built on things, it's friendlies here and there and even that even that sorry, it's five 0 four 0 It's big wins when you're playing Clubs that you're know, just playing Bairns. so I think that that is where we went wrong over the last few years. Um, and and as you say, that's probably that's why I don't see them really coming here. Because you look at their academy and you look at the setup, probably below the eighteen, if you can call it the eighteen at this stage. Then you're sort of like, wow, it's, it's not really that impressive, is it? Like you see, there's a big there's a big gap in the market there, and it is a downside to Celtic.
5: I mean, when you take a look at some of the other names that's been linked there, it's certainly one of those ones that grabs the attention. Now, we were speaking through the week about Roy Keane, um, and Roy Keane, for me, is a, is a it's just a non-starter. There's no point in even going down that road. We obviously spoke about it there on the Football Insomniac um, when I was joined uh, by some of the guys from the Endless Celts and also from Dave Claxton. But, uh, I mean, is that, this is a guy that hasn't coached or managed, actually, sorry, for the last 10 years and then you go to someone like uh, Marsh, it's like the press don't have a clue where Celtic's going to go with this next appointment, do they?
6: Does anyone? I don't uh, have a clue. It's, yeah. um, of course, the, the press and the media, they're going to they are going to jump on the Roy Keane one, um, and especially the English media, because they just they just see Keane style as this, one of their own, one of these punt and one of their own as in the pundit side, not obviously the English side. But he's just he's the big name, he's fiery, and of course as everything downs, if they just say, oh, Keane v Gerrard, that's what it would be, it would be Keane Celtic and mm-hmm. Gerrard Rangers, and that's what they want, like, that's that box office big punch out that, that they see, um, they don't, you, you know, like you say, and you guys, you spoke about it on on Insomniac earlier, so I'm not just going to um, to repeat it, but yeah, the, the desire and the attention would probably be there for the first few months with Keane, you would see that fiery name, he'd probably come out, and it probably would say all the right things and fire, fire the squad up, he'd come out and say X, Y and Z that they need a little bit of tough love and can't be playing the way that they've been playing recently. And then maybe after a few months, I can just see it sort of dying down. And the, I think Dave Clatson said it earlier, the romanticism of it would die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's spot on. Like in a perfect world, in a fairy tale world, you're probably looking, oh, Keane V. Gerrard's perfect. And it would, of course it would bring... It would bring attention to the Scottish game. We all know the attention that um Scottish game team brought just, just from Gerard. When Rodgers came up here, it was exactly the same. It's that box office deal, but is it someone that we really want as Celtic fans? I'd, if, I, if, some, if a Celtic fan can justify to me why Roekeen will be Celtic manager, I will listen.
5: I mean, that's a good point that you make because we've always said on this show that the big thing for Celtic next season, with absolutely, even with the, the government's announcement the other day, there is still no guarantee that fans will be back in the stadiums for the start of next season, never mind when the next full house will be at Celtic Park. Um, so this season is going to be a difficult sell for the season books. Now you'll have the people that will always renew, um, hand and heart, will always say, it doesn't matter, it's Celtic, it's my emotional attachment, I'm going to renew my season ticket. There's others that are obviously in that same camp but also want to take a stand against what has happened this season and they'll probably be the ones, and I, f- I think I'll probably fall into this category where it will get right down to the, the sixth or seventh extension of the season book deadline and then they go, right, we're not going to extend it anymore and that's when you eventually part with your cash. Uh, and, but there is probably, I'd say, I don't know, maybe 30% of fans that are on the fence about actually even renewing this season. Um, and you take a look at someone like Roy Keane, I don't think that's going to convince that 30% to renew.
3: It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer, for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust.
4: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that.
3: As the number 1 audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iheartresults.com for more. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in
4: on building trust.
6: there is we obviously we can talk about it and we can all see what he's doing at Salzburg and you can see Erlen Haaland and that that's that's terrific. But there is that still little bit of the unknown. Um and you can even go far and and I'm I'm drawing back to Eddie Howe. There is that little bit of the unknown. Obviously we know what he's done at Bournemouth, but it's unknown in the sense that it's not that connection to Celtic. Um mm-hmm. and I go, and I constantly go back to, to Tony Haggart. who said a few weeks ago, it Celtic needs an appointment, not a disappointment. Now, keen. I think he would fall into the disappointment. He'd certainly be a disappointment for me. And like Again, when we've been we speaking about even Martinez, Benitez, um, Eddie Howe, Ralph Raniak, it's, all, it's one in a way, there's a common theme there, it's moving away from the association to Celtic. And I mm-hmm. think that's needed. We've had that, obviously, through Lennon the last few seasons. Brendan Rodgers, take that as you will. But it's not. It's just. It's not worked under Lennon Keane. I think would be too carbon copy of Lennon. There'd obviously be a bit of difference, but no. It's that midfield sort of maestro. But like, no. Let's install what I played under that. That game that I played under. That every player knew their own role. They knew their own tactics. They didn't need to be spoon fed everything. You're not going to get cuddled by Keane. And have not been mollycuddled by Lennon. And that's been highlighted. And some people have said, right, the man management isn't there. You can't tell. Like you look at Keane in the national. Yeah. Site. Um, that fallout with Harry Arthur, These a fallout with so many, The list, I'm not going to start a list because I'd be here all day. <laughs> That's not sort of that. You're not really wanting that figure coming in when a rebuild is needed. Now, I'm not saying that every player on the wages that some of these guys are on that they need to come in and have an arm put around their shoulder and it's okay, guys, we're going to get through this. Because they do have to take a bit of a flack. Of course they do. Yep. Um, we've lost the 10, but there needs to be a little bit of. Again, not molly cuddling, but just a little bit of support. You need to have that figure there that you could sort of feel that, all right, I can go to him, that hasn't been there under Lennon. So why would you just go exactly the same to just I just feel it's too similar in the sense that you're just bringing in the same sort of guy with that tough love, here we go, we'll play how I used to play.
5: For me, it reminds me a lot of Marco Rose um, when yeah. he was at Munch and Gladback now. Yeah. I think most people have seen that and if you haven't, take a look at it. It's the picture of Rose after the Munster Gladback Gladbach game at Celtic Park where he's got the Celtic scarf wrapped around him um, and at that point you're just going, oh, he'd be a brilliant next manager at Celtic. Brendan Rodgers moves on and then everyone knows the story that all the CVs that were allegedly in a draw that never opened because Neil Lennon won the treble treble, he was given the job. You just wonder if someone like Marco Rose would potentially have been interested in it then. Looking at Jesse Marsh, I mean, reading that interview, it does say to me, it's like a, well, if you come and ask me the question, I'll consider it kind of thing. And th- that's what Celtic have to do with a lot of these managers that's out there, people that has been linked with before. Um, I mean, obviously, Paul has went on about Martinez and Maloney. Um, we're bringing up Marshia, We spoke about Eddie Howe. You just have to ask this question. You have to go and ask the question. And if they say no, they say no. But at least you've tried. And if this person... Has really got that kind of "Mm, yeah. I think I would think about that. I I would be on his door right away, just saying, look, would you be interested in an interview? Do you want to come and talk to us? Let's hear what your plans would be if you took over the job.
6: Absolutely, and I think Marsh is that sort of optimism in the sense that you can see that um, he's worked under that sort of director of football model as well. Um, You see, Keen. He's not going to come and work with director a director at Footpoint. That's not going to happen. You're not going to have a guy come in that's going to be able to tell him a lot about what to do. He'd want it to be a one-man show. Um, and there's going to be a few out there. So Marsh is definitely that... Like you see the interview was very promising, and all you can do is ask. And again, he is the one you go and ask because there's a, he he emulates that model. He's been in that model, and it has been a success. So that that is where you have to be going because this is new to us as well. This director of football business, um, mm-hmm. and I still I don't talk about it that much because I'm still not comfortable enough to talk about it. And and a lot of expertise so you're bringing a guy in who knows it inside out and who's worked on and that's the biggest thing is that it's been a success and it was a success when he was with Nick so that is interesting in the sense that you're bringing in somebody who's going to he's it's going to help you in that form as well of course it's going to help the team but we need somebody who's going to help us into this new sort of style of Celtic and that's what it is with the style of football
5: I'm just going to bring up this point from Jungle Lion, and it's just, what are they afraid of? Five or six saying no the seventh choice, getting the job. Now, sometimes when you say the seventh choice, right, it could be, I mean, Roy Keane could end up being someone like the seventh choice for the job. But if you get a short list of fantastic candidates and you go through it, you're talking about guys like Martinez, someone's previously brought up, Rafa Benitez, we'll talk about Eddie Howe, we'll talk about... Um, Marsh, we've also talked about um, Maresca at City um, and there's been different names see if you've got a candidate list that's 6 or 7 deep of really good candidates there is absolutely no shame in getting the 7th choice because they're all of similar quality and they can all bring a unique side of the game to Celtic
6: Yeah absolutely, you're spot on Like you what's the point was the point in not asking the question? All they are gonna say is no. If the first one says no, then go to the second. The second says no, as you as you say, you just keep working your way, but you're aiming high. Mm-hmm. Um and you're putting a little bit of intent out there. And I'd much rather we get knocked but like you say, get knocked back by four or five guys who have top quality but then get the sixth option, instead of just aiming low and then living in that sort of what if or what if if we ask Benitez? What if we ask Martinez? Mm-hmm. What if we went for Maresco It's um it's that that what if fairy tale that we've sort of been living in, and it's the same. It's the same with players. You go, oh, what if Ivan Tony if mm-hmm. we have got him across the line? and that's before we knew he was even in the the um, in the building. But then many the guys over the years, you look, you look at them ripping up the championship, you look at them in the Premier League, and you'll hear people go, oh, Celtic were linked with him, Celtic were linked with Shane Long, Charlie Austin. It's just all of this. What if? Why are we not going out there making that statement? And hey, if we fall on our face, we fall on our face, at least we're making that intent
5: when you take a look at it obviously Dominic Mackay coming in as the new chief executive Um, I mean for me I think he's got to at least be looking at this situation and having his own input if he's not running the situation um, already he's obviously going to be the man that the new director of football and manager reports into so he he has to have some sort of input what do you think his thoughts would be knowing the job that he's about to take over um, and Trying to kind of rebuild Celtic from the season that's just been is Marsh the kind of person that you think he would be interested in bringing in? Because I don't think when you look at it, Roy Keane would be someone that Dominic Mackay would say that's the guy I want to run my football department.
6: And all honestly, I've got no idea. Um, I think until we properly hear from Dominic Mackay, then that'll will come around. But from from what we know, you know, he wants to obviously. He's moving to the football side of things, so you can see a big revamp coming, but I have no idea if that's the sort of format he's wanting to go for. Um, And I think it would just be probably plucking a little bit with thin air there, but you never know. You you can live in hope.
5: And obviously we've got this period of games. I know we're going to an international break after the game on Sunday. Um, I mean, I still can't get my head around us doing these three games in a week with the international thing. After having crammed in so many games into a season, but someone really needs to take a look at that in their national schedule going forward. Um, good news for Scotland, obviously, that they I think the Austrian team aren't going to have any Bundesliga players in there. Um right, it's an
2: Austrian right, They've still of... been
6: named in the provisional squad, haven't they? I think that's the odd bit. They've been named in the provisional, um, a lot of the, the, the German based, but we'll see. It's, <laughs> who knows?
5: But obviously, if you I mean, it'll be an interesting one for Scotland, but when we're talking about the manager's situation... You've also got the Scotland manager to throw in there, and that Steve Clark. Now, Steve Clark was asked in his interview yesterday about the links, m- m- um, sorry, the links of him taking over the Celtic job. Sorry, I'm stuttering over myself today. Um, and he says basically he would be a fool to rule it out, um, and his words were, "I may be somewhere else this summer." Now, if you look at Scotland's fixtures, they're playing at Wembley and they're playing at Hampden. You're not expecting them to, to be very far. Is that suggesting that he's maybe going to make his move on from Scotland this summer?
6: I don't know. I think he was a bit he was a bit cautious. Um, I don't know if you're alluding to when he was talking at Brian's once in a sky.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Um and he was you can just sort of see his whole body language. He was so keen to sort of ignore that whole conversation. And of course he is. He's he's just named a Scotland squad, um and Pressures all day. He did. I think did they also say though that he would he would like to lead Scotland to World Cup. Um, it's there he was there was a lot of uh, buts and yeah. maybe's in there. Of course there is. Um, I don't. I just can't see Clark right now. Um, again, I think he never picked Turnbull, so I don't know if <laughs> I want him right now. He's still picking Ollie McBurney, so I don't know if I want hey, Stevie Clark in the job right now. Um, but I don't know. Like as long as he does well with Scotland this this summer. Um, I'm more than happy with that. I'd be. I think I do genuinely think it'd be a good appointment for Celtic. I do. I just I don't see it happening. So I think maybe that's why I've not thought about it quite so much. Um, but like I say, he's not picking David Turnbull. So he's not. He's not. He's not setting himself in good stead if he's wanting it, is he?
5: No, he's certainly not putting himself in the good light with Celtic fans with that. Um, and as you said, McBurney, he's just oh, that's
6: a. One. That's an odd one. eh
5: I think he's scored like seven goals in about 80 games he's, he's not an international Crazy. striker um but yeah i mean steve clark obviously kind of alluding to the point that he may leave scotland after the summer i mean the the Celtic job's always going to attract these players sorry these managers um, and clark's got that pedigree certainly um he's obviously not everyone's choice i'm seeing that in the comments coming through um now a couple of people saying that would be a solid appointment others saying that it's not the kind of move the board would want to make for people that are going to be on the fence about renewing. Do you think he'll at least be on the shortlist if we're putting together this sort of five, six people top candidate shortlist? Do you think he'll be on that?
6: I think so. Um, I think just because, probably of everything that he's done well with Scotland right now, um, I, and I think everybody, they, they'll sort of jump on the media bandwagon as well, and, and they'll be looking at... Maybe seventy percent of fans would be quite happy with with Clark. So I think again, it's all about appeasing the support, um, no matter which way they do it, if they do it. So I think he probably will be. But again, as as we've alluded to before, it's going to be if Clark wants to come to to Celtic, if he's ready, he's settle in Glasgow. Um, it's it's a messy one, Clark. It really is, after all his comments over the last few years. And again, the Euros, it's a massive factor, as with many of the managers will be. It's a tournament summer and a lot is going to depend on what happens.
5: Yeah, and just on that point you were making about previous comments, Robbie Smith brings it up saying, Clark did say he wouldn't manage Celtic with all the the bigotry. So even just to hear what he said yesterday, saying that he wouldn't rule it out, shows that his mindset has clearly changed over the last couple of years. Um, And David Bradley coming in here just saying, obviously, Clark ticks all the boxes. David, I'm bringing that up because you're one of the few people that's actually said that Clark would be a good appointment for Celtic. So trying to give a kind of balanced view there. Um, For me, where would he fall on the scale? He probably wouldn't be in the top three choices. Um, And I know we, we spoke about going down to a sixth and seventh choice, I think he would be probably about fifth or sixth choice for the job. Um, but he's also a name that I could see the board just turning to because they know he's a safe pair of hands. Um,
6: so Who's your number one right now?
5: My number one choice, I'm between Howe and Mareska. Um I've o I mean, you, you mentioned Eddie Howe earlier on. I've always been a big Howe fan. Um, and he's been a name that I threw out there way back probably September-October time when we're basically saying it was time for Lennon to move on from the club um, and I think he's got the experience down south to bring up to Celtic a lot of people say well he's never managed in Europe well neither did Gordon Strachan Gordon Strachan had played two games managed two games in Europe with Southampton and he got knocked out in the first round he then goes and takes us to two consecutive sort of last 16s and it just shows that you can learn on the job. I, I know Strachan's obviously a different type of manager to how and football's moved on since then, but there is that ability there. Um, and then is just an interesting one. I've actually been one round on Moreska, I wasn't 100% certain on him. But then I've took a look at some of the footage of the Man City under 23s under him. Um, they're absolutely free-scoring. Uh, to use a, the Anthony Haggerty phrase, free-scoring, rip-roaring, Glasgow Celtic. Um, that's the kind of football I could see as playing under someone like Ma- uh, Maresca, And with that connection that we've got with Man City, you just think, could he maybe bring up some of those players, guys like Liam Delap, uh, Felix Nemecha, um who's actually out of contract this season, and I've seen a post on Hail Hill 67 linking him to the club. I-, I just think it's a complete out-of-the-box sort of candidate um, and someone that would obviously look at the youth development side of the game and Although it might not win Celtic fans over right away, I think they would grow to like him.
6: I think everything you're saying is spot on. Like you say, um, it, it's going to be that sort of enigma, that sort of mystery, and and maybe that is what we need. We've, we've said before that I think we need to move away from that association. So somebody like Maresca, um, watching the footage, like you just need to, you just need to look at the results. Results speak for themselves.
5: Yeah, definitely. I mean, see if that is the shortlist. And you're looking at the first three candidates being Howe, Maresca and Marsh. That I mean, if you don't get your first or second choice, you're still getting a fantastic third choice. And that's the kind of calibre we should be reaching out to.
6: Yeah, absolutely.
5: I mean, so, <laughs> we just want to know now. It <laughs> feels as if, like, feel if Lennon's departure was weeks and weeks ago now. And it's kind of, after Sunday's game, it's going to be weeks until... We actually play another game in the league, so there's time now to go and make that appointment. Now, I don't think someone that's in a job right now will leave. They might announce that they're going to leave at the end of the season. That's fair enough, as long as I've always obviously got an eye on Celtic and what they want to do for the club next season. Start making their moves then. Someone that's out of a job like Eddie Howe might decide to come in now before the end of the season. Work with Kennedy, see it through. But I just want Celtic to make that announcement and season ticket She's renewal forms, period. Exactly. It's it's like being in purgatory right now. And the season ticket renewal forms are coming out soon. We've heard sort of irkins from certain people that are linked or supposedly linked with the Celtic board that we might be very interested to see what comes out in the renewal packs this year. Um but to get the fans on side, the first thing has to be the appointment of the manager. Um and I can't remember who said it, but it was someone on this show that says the most important signing that we could make this summer will be the gaffer.
6: Yeah, absolutely, between that and, like you say, director of football, whatever gets named first, probably does be looking like um, director of football to set up that model, but what are we in? we're in March now, we're three weeks deep into March, and mm-hmm. The disaster start. Well, we can all pinpoint when the disaster started, but the real crunch time is January. Why in March are we still not aware of who our manager is going to be next season or who director of football is going to be? There is just absolutely no um, intent. We're still waiting for that managerial review, Neil Lennon, and we're three weeks deep into March. So it's just. it's a mess it's a mess in this limbo period every week you come on hoping that next week we'll we'll maybe have a little bit of clarity So all we're after is a little bit of clarity it's not it's not rocket science not asking for the world but um, and it does feel repetitive and I know we probably do get a little bit of stick that we're we're talking out of thin air but if you've got anything else if you've got a concrete answer then please say because it'd be a little bit a little bit more exciting than having to talk about like you say being in limbo because that is all this is
5: do you know, Like, obviously, he's got his critics in Scottish football, but Dave Cormack came out for Aberdeen the other day saying basically, this is the update, this is where we're at, we're going to start interviewing the candidates that we've got. That we update from Celtic would be a, a big PR win, I think, if they came out and says look, we've got our shortlist, we're working through the candidates now, we hope to announce something in the next couple of weeks. That's all we need to hear, I'd say, right now.
6: Yeah, like you say, it's not rocket science, a little bit of stability, a little bit of clarity, and then the supporters would probably ease off the clubs back a little bit more because you just feel right that intent is there A statements came out um, but right now it's it's limbo I don't even think you can say we're back to I don't know maybe we are at square one or square zero it's just squares are everywhere right now aren't they
5: between squares and tiers if you're in tier one tier two <laughs> you're in flitter tiers of the way that the season well is exactly <laughs> But no, I mean, I, I hope we we see an appointment made in the next few weeks. I, I think now's the time, um, and the longer they leave it, the harder it's going to be um, when it comes round to getting fans to part with their money. Uh, especially when we don't even know what's going to happen with maybe refunds or share issues coming from not being able to get to the games this season. So uh, there's a lot for Celtic to do. Absolutely. A big welcome to everyone who's joining us on social media. We're live on Facebook, on YouTube and on Periscope. We did get you to comment earlier telling us um, to tell us how you've been to a Celtic game without telling us you've been to a Celtic game. Some of the responses were absolutely superb. Getting lifted over the turnstile. Um, somebody said they were still doing that at the age of 23, which I thought was really <laughs> impressive. I think there's maybe still time for, for both of us yet to get that happen. Um, and the ones about uh, parking your car and how much? How much did you actually pay to park the car? That's what I want you to know. Let me know. I mean, I think the last time I paid someone to watch the car, it was like two quid. I don't know what the going rate is now. Do you know what your dad paid him?
6: I have no idea. Um, even if it's two pounds, he'll say it was seven pounds. I, honestly, I have no idea. Um, probably, I'd, I'd like to. not maybe just maybe two or three pounds? I don't ever think I'd, I've seen him. Definitely not pulled out a note. If it was £5, it was definitely all in coins, put it that way.
5: Yeah, I think I, I think £2 was the going rate, but I'm sure the ones in the comments will let us know. I mean,
6: it depends where the car was, if it was on the road or if it was up on that grassy verge. I don't know. I don't know maybe if that's how he he um, <laughs> he, he differentiated the, the costs, but, um, hi, God, I don't know.
5: What I always wanted to know about that was, like you always found, um, especially as you kind of went down onto the side streets just off London Road, it was all these big uh, car parks, but it was like car parts for big companies. Who had the keys to them? How did they manage to make the money off that? I, just I,
6: yeah. I I remember I think we parked in one of the car parts once, I think, from one of my first games. Um I think it could have been maybe John Kennedy's test mono match and we actually parked like in one of the car parts, like you say, down uh, down London Road, sorry. Um and you're like and then after that we remember like then we're always on these like grassy verge and whatever. There's my dad just text me three pounds. Um, so there you go. He's almost listening off. today. <laughs> exactly he's giving up the three pounds, there you go. Um, but um I it's like you say, God knows. if I was I up on those grassy verges and it was always coming out like in Milan it was three three and we were in one of the really, really mucky bits in the car and my mum was just going mental that it was like the car wasn't moving and all the guys oh well watch your car and she was like, They'll never help me get out the car though and <laughs> but um aye god like you say, who had the keys to those car parts? Who knows?
5: Going down London Road and it was the hat, scarfs, and the flags, and the programmes uh, Paradise Windfall tickets was another Paradise one well, there we go. Um or the, the famous one when you're at a busy night at Celtic Park and you're in the queue and it's, oh there's no hot food left and you're left picking up bags of fruit pastels and packets of crisps exactly. the best one I ever had on that was uh, where I am in the North Stand I was down um getting something at half time And the next minute, the, the person behind the counter shouts, uh, there's no hot food left, but we've just stuck chips on. <laughs> <laughs> it would just, it made absolutely no sense. Um, or some of the, the experiences you see at Celtic Park, you just miss it so badly. Um, and obviously, even before our times, there would be ones where people sneaking in carryouts into the, the jungle.
6: Uh,
5: or oh, bring it back. Miss it, miss it, I can't wait to get back. Oh, that was a trip down memory lane there. Uh also going down memory lane. Let us know who your favourite Irish player was to pull on the hoops or Celtic, Amy, who would yours be?
6: I don't know, I've not thought come back to me later, you'd have sprung this upon me. <laughs> I don't know. Um That's probably well, he's Scottish, but McGeady was definitely when I was growing up. That was that mm-hmm. sort of um, that sort of time. So and I will say McGeady. Met Paddy McCourt so Mm-hmm. Well, first in Patrick's say, we'll go Paddy McCoy, his guy was just oh, just amazing so
5: he was a fantastic player and you just wonder what he could do if he was ever a 100% fit do you know what I mean
6: I imagine he could just if he could run as well when I mean, he could run with a ball at his feet but if he could just do that another time but um, no the guy was just like so just give that ball into his feet and just dance his away
5: I would say for me um, it would probably be Robbie Keane I love the period that Robbie Keane was at the club. Obviously, it was a difficult period in Celtics yeah. history. Um, but just bumblebee seeing that, kits
6: and all of that. Eh?
5: Exactly. I love that bumblebee <laughs> kit.
6: But just I do not mind
5: that. Just seeing the trademark celebration, the whole front roll and the wee... The
6: roll and the wee front. Uh, on you go. A wee wee bit of you that. <laughs> <laughs> Get me on
5: Strictly next year. Exactly, um,
6: you're
5: on. But... Uh, he was a fantastic player um, seeing some people coming in with theirs Paddy Bono obviously one that's in there yeah, absolutely. Uh, Liam Miller for the time that we've seen him at the club was a fantastic player as well uh, Anton Rogan I'm just taking a look at this, Chris Morris a lot of players coming in through here um, and Jungle Lion coming back in with some of his memories of being at Celtic Park Jungle Days injecting oranges with vodka <laughs> that was one way to sneak it into the ground Right. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so let us know who your favourite Celtic uh, Irish player has been and also your memories of Celtic Park without telling us you've been to a Celtic game. Moving on to the next topic that we've got on the list to discuss today. Um, We're looking at the announcement that there is a vote next month to introduce the Colt teams into the lower leagues of Scottish football. Now, for anyone that hasn't seen this, the plan is that it will be a five-year plan and the League 2 in Scottish football will expand to a 16-team league, including both the Colt teams of Celtic and Rangers, as well as two additional teams from the Highland League and two additional teams from the Lowland League, um, making it the the 16-team league. Celtic and Rangers Colts will not be able to get beyond League 1, so they'll be able to get promotion to League 1, but not any further. They'll also not be involved in the Scottish Cup or the League Cup, but they will be involved in the or oh, what is it called now, the turn Wafer Cup? The Challenge Cup? I Challenge,
6: remember. I think turn Wafer sounds about right, actually.
5: Uh, it, was, it used to be Ramsden's the Golds. Yeah. Uh, oh, it said so many names. I think it was Iron Brew at one point as well.
6: Yeah.
5: But basically the idea being that the Colts teams can't have anyone over the age of 21 playing for them um, and they're obviously going to be able to play against all the other teams in the league. They'll play against each other as well. Um, looking at the relegation side of things that's not going to change there's only ever going to be one team going down um, and I'm not sure whether Celtic and Rangers would get protected status so that they don't go down um, that's something that I didn't see in the article if someone knows that, bring it up and I'll, I'll discuss it but basically Amy, you've worked with Bonnie Rick Rose Rose, um, a team in the Lowland League pushing for promotion do you think this is a good move for Bonnie Rick? And also for Celtic, let's hear both sides of that.
6: Yeah, so it's, it is obviously two very different um, opinions. It is a whole mess right now. Um, and again, I'm not speaking for Bonner-Rigg, um because communication towards Bonnerick as a whole is, is a joke from SFA, Lowland. Everything's just it, there is no clarity. So I'm not here like giving it. I have, I know as much as you, let's be honest Mm -hmm. Um, so right now obviously in the Lowland League uh, football suspended and has been since start January Um, I don't actually think we've played that no we've just played Scottish Cup this year Um, I think so and again professional um, adult contact sport, I think Nicola Sturge is not coming back till 17th of May something like that, Mm -hmm. so again right now there's no real clarity of when the Lowland League's really coming back and that's obviously the same for the Highland League. So right now obviously you can take the stance that it's they're saying that so the um the Colts teams would get projected right into League Two and it'd be two promotions from Highland League and from Lowland League. So right now in theory the way that I see it that should include Bonareg Rose. Um mm-hmm. there was obviously there was no promotion or relegation last year and we finished second and currently right now we're second in the league as well. Um, if you go on a points per game basis from the whole last two seasons since we've been in the Lowland League again we're second I had the East Club who obviously this year I think if you went on for just this year we'd be on the same um, points per game but we beat East Club so even just that a lot of that is messy so I think and that's it's all tying back to as you see, as this would be this would be coming about next season so it, is, it does need to be talked about that there's nothing really quite too sure in, in the Lowland League right now the way that I see it is that these guys are just getting projected right in, um, and and supporting support Celtic and Celtic Rangers, of course, it is, and it's, it's sort of I sort of view it as uh, they're sort of making it Scottish football's job to develop the Celtic and Rangers teams and not mm-hmm. Celtic and Rangers. And again, and we we, we mentioned it before, it's it's all sort it of came, came around since the reserve league abolished since that, mm-hmm. since that was um, non-existent and and not just Celtic Rangers, the whole of Scottish football I think has definitely suffered due to that um, and you look at the, the national team, the under-21 set right now, you tell me how many Celtic Rangers players make that under-21 team, not mm-hmm. a lot as, as Mikey Johnson was, used to make it but that's because he was getting first in football and it was these guys few and far between but you were roughing a go to Fraser Hornby down at Everton um, obviously now up at Aberdeen you would look around and it'd be it would be all X, Y, and Z, and a lot would maybe be on loan from from Celtic and Rangers, but you would even see more Hearts players, Hibs players. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of players were playing down south, so there is an issue there from from the reserve league. So we'll, going back to Bonag right now, if if it's um, if we were obviously, I'm going to sit here and go, oh, if we're promoted during this, and that's absolutely fantastic. Of course, it is, <laughs> like woohoo! But it's not really on the basis that we'd want it to be on. Um, there's no denying that of, of course just sort of like on a classification and I don't really think I'd want in on that but that's not me to decide but from a Celtic point of view of course it's brilliant um, you're going to get your, your youngsters playing against proper footballers um, and the level at League 2 is decent especially mm. if, and if you brought up Bonnery Groves Kelly Hart Brewer Rangers um, I don't know who's second in Highland great right now is Maybe maybe I'm not 100% sure but um as proper teams, you look at us, we gave Dundee a run for their money in the Scottish Cup. It mm-hmm. they wouldn't just be coming in and they certainly would not be winning four, five nil every week. They really wouldn't. This is these are hard crafts and players you'd be coming against. But it's one of those <laughs> I just think it's hard then on like your your third and your fourth. So maybe your Coal Bridge, your BSC Glasgow's, S who are, are doing really well this season. You look at other Highland League sides. It is just all a bit messy, and it is just I just see it as protecting Celtic Rangers and giving them that boost that Scottish football has to improve them and perhaps not Celtic Rangers themselves.
5: Yeah, I understand that, and obviously not changing the promotion and relegation system as well. I think is a big no no. Um, it also protects the teams that's in League 1 and League 2 I mean the fact that you've got the highland Lowland League playing off against each other and then playing off against the bottom te- team in League 2 it's not even an automatic promotion relegation it's you've got a chance of up up um, I, I think that's completely wrong and there's a couple of points coming through about different um, teams like Aberdeen, Harps, Hibs potentially wanting to have a Colts team as well why have they not got it? We'll take a look at that later on um, I just want to f- focus on Celtic for a minute uh, and I took a look at potentially what the team could be that plays in League 2 next season just looking at the players that we know are confirmed for next season um, and obviously ones that would fit under the, the 21 and under banner, so you, I'm looking at uh, either Mullen and Goal, and I'll be interested to see how many of the fans actually know these players that's coming through, Mullen and Goal Leo Connor at right back you've got Otu and Helge as your centre half partnership and then Brody Patterson at left-back. You've got Kennedy, Robertson, Shaw, Moffat and Wiley as a midfield. And Adam Montgomery up front. Now Montgomery's moving back into a left-back position, but he is a natural striker. I mean, a lot of Celtic fans will have not heard these names, but these are the guys that are trying to make that step through into the first team barely any of them have any first-team experience at all. Robertson's played a couple of games. Shaw's only just going to be coming in this season from Sheffield Wednesday. There's also guys like Luke O'Connell, Ewan Henderson. These guys would also be able to play for that team. See if they're coming up against guys uh, against like Stenhouse-Muir, Edinburgh City, um, teams that are in Division 2. I think it's a fantastic move. And the, the big thing to me, and it's what we mentioned on the Insomniac as well, is that surely generates interest for these games as well. You'd think that there'd be some sort of TV deal to include the likes of Celtic and Rangers-Colts because, I mean, if Celtic weren't playing on the Saturday, they were playing on the Sunday, but the Colts team were away to cowden beef on the Saturday afternoon or the Saturday lunchtime, I'd definitely be tuning in.
6: It's an interesting one. Um, Again, if you ask any lowland league club, um, they'll tell you when you play a Colts side in the Challenge Cup, the attendance is not as impressive as you think it would be. It's just a normal game. It really is. Because um, a bonnard fan does not want to come and see Celtic's 20-year-olds, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. They don't. Obviously, if you've got that Celtic connection, then yeah. So I would. But would I be going because I want to see them play Bonner? Probably not. It would be that split interest It'd be going, right, I'll go watch Bonnerick, and then I'm also seeing that next generation coming through for Celtic so I don't know it's an interesting one again about the TV rights um, and maybe I don't know everyone's going everyone will be different and it is, it is a discussion point but it's just sort of going back to how many times is this what happened mm-hmm I'm sick of it. I really am. How many times do we hear? Oh, the Colts teams are wanting, um, are wanting in the league two. They just want to be parachuted right into league two. It is, it is an interesting one. Um. You look at though I understand it 's the sense that if you keep them in a court side that then you 're keeping them all together and you 're playing them all together. I appreciate yep. that, and you was hoping that they'd sort of be so say yourself if are playing a four two three one you 'd like to hope that they're playing a four two three one obviously you 've got to play to the strength of your players, but you 're hoping that there's going to be some sort of continuity between the court side and the main side mm-hmm. but and the same breath, the, right? So you mentioned that side that you could be looking at next season. Keld's on it um, on loan at Ross County right now in the yep. back, so that's a name that I'd like to think that most Celtic fans will know. Ben Wiley's on loan right now as well. I think he's over in Ireland actually. Yeah, Cliftonville, um, I think. Bill, I, think yeah. I think he's Cliftonville. Barry Coffee as well. He's over in Ireland again. So these sort of Leo Connors down at um, Tranmere, I think he's down at Tranmere. Mm-hmm, yep. um, Scott Robertson is obviously down at Doncaster. So you're looking... The names that you know are the guys that are away on loan and I appreciate that that's going to happen. But I've came back to it before, especially through Bonnerick. We've had... Um, this season before we were still playing, we had Leo Watson, who's 17 on loan from heart. And he was absolutely exceptional. Now he's playing against top players, but he's playing with top players as well. And that's the difference. You're looking at Leo Connor going down to... Like see say, Leo Connor. let's take him for example, down at Tranmere. He's playing with top players as well as playing against top players mm-hmm. now that's the difference with the Colts side as well because it's all great playing against these um, semi-pros or guys that have been about the business but you're not playing with those sort of players and that's the difference that we're missing from the reserve league because the reserve league you'd be going right say I don't know talk about Sean Maloney right back in his day he's playing in the reserve league if Paul Lambert was injured Lambert would be then building his way play a few reserve games Neil Lennon would, you're, you're learning from those sort of guys as well they they played in those games and don't mm-hmm. be under the impression that they didn't so that's the difference um, that if the court side came in it's fantastic but, and you're going to learn from playing against but you've got to learn from playing within as well so it's not really going to solve the problem. I don't feel that the guys would be able to um, progress well into the first side because you're not playing with that calibre of players in that older sort of model. So it is, it's a it's a decisive, decisive issue. and um, mm-hmm. It is a tricky one and it's, a, it's going to be up for discussion. But personally, yeah, it's great. They'll be playing in the league and no matter what, they're going to be getting regular first-team football and be playing in a good competitive league. And they're going to learn their trade. Um, they really are. And they're going to have to grow up fast, but they're not playing with that sort of caliber and that age group. And experience does count, no matter what. No matter what league it is, experience does count. If you're if you're twenty seven, twenty eight, you're going to be teaching the young guys something.
5: When can take a look at it. So obviously, you mentioned the fact that we've it's been brought up several times before, and it has about getting the Colts team into the league. Right now, I think the main difference this time is that Celtic and Rangers are going to be funding this. Each team in the lower leagues is going to get at least an additional twenty thousand pound a season. Yeah. Now they're also probably going to have um Celtic and Rangers playing them twice, maybe three times. I don't know. I'm not quite sure how the lower league setup goes, especially when you move to a sixteen team league. But potentially having that fan base um at their ground. I know you said the crowds don't improve that much, but when your kind of average attendance is maybe five, six hundred in League Two, if you double or treble that that's a fantastic payday for the club um, getting those fans to come in so the money aspect I think is a big dangling carrot over these teams um, especially what was happened over the last sort of 12 to 15 months with, with COVID an additional kind of revenue system coming in I think now's maybe the time to do it then you've got that sort of aspect of the players development now obviously we know not all these players are going to make that step from the Celtic Colts team into the Celtic First team Um, but then playing at that level playing maybe if they get up to League 1 it surely helps them as well because so many of these young players and you you spoke about it on the, the Supernova with Paul Cherry the other day, there's so many players that move out of football and then you don't see them again and you know they're a fantastic talent, but they've just never had that chance to develop. I mean, Andy Robertson's obviously the the kind of shining light in the example there, dropping down to Queen's Park and then going to win the Champions League with Liverpool. Not everyone's going to make that move, but if they leave Celtic and they leave Rangers, then having played against teams like Edinburgh City, then they know that they can maybe take that step in, rebuild their career there and work their way back up. So I think it's almost a sort of win-win scenario. But obviously, I see your side of it being with Bonnie Regan, like, having that disadvantage that the teams aren't getting up. But Scottish football's got to make a change in the pyramid system. They've got to make a change if they want to develop players. So, surely this is a kind of a first step in that right direction, I would say.
6: I think so. And as you say, the, um the money side of things definitely that a, is a bit of a development um, and especially after like you say, the year that we've had and if you're looking at the Lowland League obviously we're not playing right now and League 1 and League 2 are just coming back so there has been that gap um, and, and revenues haven't been coming in quite the same so there is it might be tough to take and some teams and some um, supporters may need to bite their lip but financial aspect right now at the end of the day a football club is a business um, and need to do what see fit uh, no matter if it doesn't quite please, and who knows? Like you say, just because for Bonnerig maybe we don't get the same sort of. We prefer to play Kelly Hearts and Celtic Under Twenties, Under Twenty Ones, but like you say, maybe it might not be the same for for Beef even, again. And it, it's going to differ, obviously, if Celtic are playing that Saturday, or if the Under Twenty Ones are playing that Saturday, then then that's going to it's going to play a part as well. Um, and if if you're a Celtic fan in Fife, then of course you're going to go and see them play cowden and beef because it's local and mm-hmm. it's just a wee jaunt down so there's going to be that and some like you say some weeks will be will be a higher attendance and some weeks will be a lower attendance um and it's just going to depend on who those players are I mean, like if, you, if you're keeping the likes of Dembele and local flexing yeah there's going to be a bit of a desire there and, I, I, um, and a bit of attention and I, and I want to see them but I think as well there needs to be that you know, you've got you've got fans coming in um, through the comments, and they'll be going right that side that you named. Maybe Celtic fans don't know them, and they're saying maybe we don't know them. Well, go and learn their names. Um, right, fine, they're maybe not playing week in week out in a reserve league, but go and learn their names. And if you don't know who they are, then start because you can't be you can't you can't sort of sit and go, oh, these guys aren't getting a shout, and we'll talk about all the academy. Well go and go learn the names and then it might be a bit easier, then you'll, you'll find out that um, that Ben Wiley's obviously, like we say, over, over in Ireland, or there's Leo Connor down south. Um, it, it's all about you've got to help yourself out as well.
5: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you take a look at that team that we're kind of suggesting could be the team to play in League 2 next season, I, I don't think automatically they'd be up there pushing for the top spot. No, I think they'd take a couple of a couple of seasons to get there. Um, and I think that's the idea behind having this five-year plan. Um, but, I mean, it is a sort of avenue into the first team. I mean, someone like you and Otu, who plays centre-half, there is so much hype behind this guy at Lennox Town. They, they think he'll move in and be a massive star. Um, probably not a lot of Celtic fans know who he is because they haven't seen reserve football. And there was a point brought up here and we've kind of gone through. There's so many comments that I'm I'm struggling to kind of go through them all. Um, But it was about the PR side of things. And I've got it here from Sean McElwee. PR has to go hand in hand with the Colts. If you had access to watch a dim belly outside the Celtic training park, which he believes should be named after Tommy Burns, you would go. But you've got to sell that. And that'll be the whole thing is if there's no kind of selling of come and watch League Two, you're going to see the next big star coming through for Celtic and Rangers then it won't work because it's just more teams eating into what is already a small pot of money down in the lower leagues but you've seen what happened when Rangers were coming through the leagues they, they would bring 6-7 thousand fans to places like Preken and these teams survived on that money I'm sure they would be more than up for the fact of maybe three or four times a season they get an additional 5-6-7 maybe even a couple of thousand fans Coming to see someone like Karamoko then because you hear all this hype about him but you've never really seen him play in the flesh.
6: Yeah, absolutely. You want to see it with your own eyes. Um and that's what we're saying. we need we need to learn the names and then it'll be it'll be a lot easier to um to sort of associate ourselves with that. But like I say, it's it's a, it is a tricky one because I see it, I can I can see it from both sides of the, the story. Um so Aye, it's like I say, it's going to be it's going to be a discussion point and this boat just keeps coming up and coming up. So if it, even if it doesn't go well next week, I'm sure it's definitely not going to be the end of it.
5: I, I think, though, no, to bring it in next season is probably short, like short term. No. I think it might be not until the following season after that that we see it actually happening. But I mean, if it does and... Celtic are playing someone and Celtic, like sorry, Celtic Colts are playing someone on the Saturday, Celtic aren't playing to the Sunday. Probably get myself along just to see what the, the big hype's about, definitely.
6: Aye, couldn't do any harm, could that?
5: Exactly. Now, obviously it's St Patrick's Day today and you mentioned your favourite Irish player, Aidan McGeady, but I've given you time now because we're coming up to the end of the bulletin. Are you going to stay with McGeady or are you going to change your mind?
6: Um... Quick, remind me of yours.
5: Mine was Robbie Keane. Do
6: you want to talk a little bit about him?
5: (laughs) Uh, I mean, 16 goals in six months at the club. He actually got the top scorer in the league, I think, that season. And he was only here for a couple of months. Um, It was just one of those dream ones that you'd seen someone like Robbie Keane plying their trade all over Europe and then finally pulling on the number seven jersey. He's the only one I think that's been able to do the number seven jersey justice since Larson left
6: you're spot on there I think I'm going to stick with Magidi I think so yeah Um, I know that's a bit of a funny issue but Magidi or Paddy McCourt Um, I'm sticking back with that like I say I met Paddy McCourt we were on holiday in uh, where were we Tenerife I think I met him there and he was he was brand new he really was so I I'll go I think McCourt
5: okay Final answer. Final answer. answer. Okay, we'll go with McCourt and Keane. Let us know your comments. Um, Drop them on the comment section below this. It does help um, with the SEO and it means that you'll be able to see more of A State of Minds videos as they go live. Do subscribe to us on YouTube. I think we're just just over 10.4k subscribers now and it's growing all the time. Um, And Amy, you're back this Sunday with the Soccer Supernova, who is on this week.
6: Um, who is on this week, Colin? It is John Daly. John, Daly. John Daly. Yeah, it was quite yeah, an interesting, interesting chat. Way, yeah, he yeah, was quite interesting. It was, um, aye, it was someone a bit different. He's out and put it this way, he's not where you think he is. I don't want to give away, but aye. He's, mm.
5: um, aye. Alan McFadden coming in here saying Tony Cascarino or Anton Rogan. I think that's Paul's favourite. I think Paul might have a favourite with Anton Rogan. um couple coming in here saying Pat Boner. Pat, Pat Boner's obviously the big one with all his appearances for Celtic. Mike
6: McCarthy's getting a fair bit.
5: Yeah definitely. L- leave him in the comment section below once we go offline. Um, <laughs> I knew that
6: was coming.
5: I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's Brendan Rodgers' favourite as, uh, as Paul is us no that is Anton Rogan. Um, yeah it's been brilliant to be with you today on St Patrick's Day. I know a lot of us would rather be in the pubs um, and hopefully this time next year we will be back in that scenario. But thank you for spending just an hour of your St Patrick's Day with us. It's been a pleasure to bring the Axon Bulletin to you. We'll be back next Wednesday uh, and hopefully by then we'll maybe have a new manager to talk about. Who knows? Um, but we are back tomorrow. It's the Thursday Club. It's Paul, it's Declan and it's JP. Um, and so be sure to tune in 12.30 on a State of Mind YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. But until then, take care, stay safe and hail him.
0: When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.